number two, Canuck Central, Dan Richo, Satyar Shah in the Mobile Kid Tech Studio. We are in Victoria. Day one of Canucks training camp is in the books. How many times can I say that on today's show? It'll be a few. It'll be a few more. We still have an hour to go. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things coming into the uh, Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, Torgy, Cole is a beauty. Let's hope his dad is right about Philip Aronik. Yes, and if you don't know what we're talking about, make sure to listen to the previous hour. Philip Aronik, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Ian Cole spoke yeah. about how his dad's a big Philip Aronik fan. And now they um, are lining up as partners for this upcoming season. Uh, Austin in Langley also referring to the Cole interview. If losing leads to wins, are the Canucks going undefeated <laughs> this year? Been a lot of losing. Uh, Austin always uh, full with the uh, jokes per 60 on this one. And uh, another one, uh, <laughs> PDG and DR, the bromance you didn't know you needed. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know it. I didn't know it either, but that's all I can think about. You guys were, like, wondering how that would all go, and then it went Pretty much as predicted. I mean, even better. Like, we always tease you about, oh, PDG and, and Riccio, PDG and Riccio. Like, little do we know. Yeah. And again, like, if you think I'm exaggerating, like, I, I wasn't the only person here. Yeah. Like, you know, Murph walked by, took a photo of it. Like, everybody who walked by was, like, in awe of, of like, the, the energy you guys were emitting. Yeah, it was very strange. Batch took the photo, and he joins us uh, tableside now. Yeah, I mean, it, it was emanating. Like, there was emotion emanating from the table. Like, you could feel it. Uh, from from far away, and it was uh, it was a special moment. I was just glad I was there to be able to document it, guys. <laughs> you were able to capture it. Uh, with that being said, PDG like uh, Canuck standout performer on day one. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> here's the, here's what I always say about day one of training camp is you want the guys that need to stand out to be the guys that do stand right. out. So guys that are on the bubble, guys that have to come in and battle. And when I think back to some of the guys I like today, I think Hoaglander had a jump in his step. He's getting a big opportunity. Um, you know, I thought Jack Studnika kind of stood out a little bit as well as a guy that was showing a lot of energy and drills. Like these guys that are on the bubble or have something to compete for are the guys that often stand out because they're going a mile a minute on day one. Whereas not to say the veterans aren't trying because obviously they are, mm -hmm. but you know, like they know how hard they have to go. Like, you know, a guy like Ian Cole doesn't need to skate through the end boards on day one. He knows he's going to be on the opening night roster. So it's more to me about value evaluating those guys that are going to be in battles or those guys who are being given opportunities like Hoaglander, Pod Colson, McWard on the back end. And, and those are sort of some of the things that I find most interesting. You mentioned Jack, Jack Studnika and the team actually gave up an asset to acquire him last year to trade John to Myrenberg, who's who was one of their better defenseman pros, prospects at the time to acquire him. And his year was kind of up and down, right? Like he had some moments, but really got injured too. The team spoke about how he needs to get stronger and bigger and all these things. I think the organization still rates him. And I think the organization still is hopeful he can become something. He's, it's just interesting that there's almost no discussion around him. And can he force himself into that conversation by stacking some good days at camp? Yeah, like he he's not a guy that I really thought too much about in the summer when you're thinking about line combinations and, and who's going to fit here. And ultimately, he may not fit on the NHL roster, right? He was skating on a line with Dries and Ratu. And, you know, I, I would say that all three of those guys are battling to try and maybe be on the NHL roster to start the season. 
but it's not guaranteed for any of them. And so that's that's why that's a line that, to me, is way more interesting mm-hmm. than you know any of the other lines in that Group A. Because you look like Hoaglander, obviously he's getting the opportunity with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Beauvillier, Bluger, Di Giuseppe, you could see that being a third or fourth line. McDonough, Sasson, Klimovich, those guys played together at the Young Stars. They'll probably play together in Abbotsford. I don't know if I'm expecting any of them to push for a roster spot. But Dries, Ratu, and Studnika, that's two guys that were on the roster for most of last year and another guy that was a big piece of the Horvat trade. All three of those guys are competing with each other Mm -hmm. to try and be on on this roster. So I'll be really interested, A, to see how much they keep these line combinations together going forward at training camp, whether you see three guys like that play together once we get into the preseason this weekend and next week. And you know, really look at those guys as, okay, you're competing directly against each other and you're all on the ice at the same time. But uh, as I said, I thought Studnika stood out well today. You're right. They gave up an asset, so they see something in him. Why couldn't he end up being the 13th or 14th forward and ending up on this roster if he can have a good training camp and beat out some of these other guys that that are competing for it? A right shot. uh, Had four goals last year, but... um is a player that uh, needed to have a big summer, like many did, uh, <laughs> according to the coach, Rick Tockett. It was a lot of uh, teaching today, Batch. It was a lot of slowing it down. Here's what I want you guys to do in this drill. So it was sort of hard to evaluate too many guys, but I think it speaks to what the priority is for this coaching staff and that is like drilling in everything again that they started to build last year and making sure that it is ingrained in everybody in this organization how they want to play hockey when you get into certain situations this is what we want you to do and that's uh, the structure maybe that uh, we started to hear was lacking from last year's training camp yeah and there was a particular emphasis on defensive systems today which uh, it was either Patterson or Miller that said this today, and I'm blending everything together because we talked to a million yeah. guys here at the rink. But I believe it was Patterson that I sort of asked him about, you know, setting the tone here early at training camp and what do you guys need to focus on going into the season to prevent having a bad start like last year. And the answer was essentially, well, scoring goals isn't a problem for us. We struggled last year because we couldn't keep the puck out of our own net. So you like to see that, you know, some of that defensive structure that Rick Tockett brought in at the end of last year that, you know, we saw a marked improvement from this team in the way that they defended. That's what he's starting with on day one, because that's going to be the most important thing for this team. Because you look at the offense they've been able to produce, you look at their depth on the wings, you look at the fact that they've got guys like Miller and Pedersen that are going to be point-of-game guys, if not better, 100-point guys potentially. You're not worried about, you know, trying to squeeze more offense out of them. You're worried about, you know, are we going to have to win every game 5-4 or can we be more reliable in our own zone? Uh, Can our penalty kill improve? Although they didn't work on that today, I expect we'll see that at some point here over the next couple of days. And then something that I think Rick Tockett emphasized yesterday in the season opening press conference in Vancouver that's going to be important when he was asked about Demko's workload is... They want to manage the way Demko plays, but they want to manage the way they play in front of him so that they're not exhausting him because he has to go post-to-post all the time or they're getting hemmed in like we saw 
that stretches. Not spending last 90 year. seconds in their own end, which is just killer for a goalie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or giving up wide open seam plays through the middle. Like, you know, I think there was a game last year where Cheech was talking about you could have driven a truck through the passing yeah. lane, middle of the ice, right? So if you can clean up some of those things, Demko doesn't have to work as hard. He's less likely to get hurt, more likely to be able to play more games if you're not relying on him too much. And then also, if you're defending more effectively, you're going to have more chance to have the puck and score goals, too. So it, it makes sense that they would start there. And I think it's going to be a particular emphasis for them throughout training camp, throughout preseason, getting close to the regular season, because that really, if you look at all the elements of the game last year, the penalty kill obviously cost them, but even five on five in zone defending in particular was one of their Achilles heels. And that's something they need to clean up. And it's nice to see that they're starting on day one. Yeah. And I think today was pretty much dominated by that. It was more like a systems work, some breakout work and transition work. I'll be curious to see what happens with more elevated battle drills tomorrow and maybe some more like rush drills to see how these guys play. But you're right. I think it was, that was really what they wanted to hone in on. It's something that Talkin himself mentioned that, yes, we want guys to be in good shape. We're going to skate guys, but we're not here to, to backskate guys. We're here to teach them about what we're trying to do and make sure that we impart our structure. And what I also thought was interesting from what Talkin mentioned was when he was asked about the duos and the lines, and he said, look at, the, look at it as duos more. And we know we saw Garland, obviously, with, with um, Suter. We saw Bluger with Bavillier. But the one he name-checked mm-hmm. outside of Miller and Besser and Pedersen and Kuzmenko was Dakota Joshua and Niels Oman. What did you make of that? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because I think when you've been looking at this roster and you've been trying to sort of figure out, okay, with the new pieces they brought in, who's going to fit where? Neil Zoman was not a guy that I necessarily had in my top 12 forwards either because, you know, you brought in Pew Suter, you've brought in Teddy Bluger, you've added some depth down the middle. Does Oman get pushed out and down to Abbotsford or to the press box and in and out of the lineup kind of guy in that scenario? But you're right. Rick Tockett, when talking about duos, when building lines, name-checked that he liked the way Oman and Joshua played together last year. So uh, I think that is fascinating in the sense that now we have to think about Neil Zoman again as a legitimate person to make this team out of training camp for a second year in a row and maybe it wasn't expected of him last year. I don't know if it was necessarily expected of him coming into this year's training camp, but the head coach clearly likes the chemistry he has with Dakota Joshua, clearly liked some of the things they were able to do at times last year. And if Oman has been one of those guys that's had a quote-unquote big summer, yep. then you know, can he be more consistent at the NHL level? Can he be a guy that game in, game out, they can rely on? Can he improve his face-off numbers? Because that's something that, you know, I think really hurt him in in the sense of not being able to spend all season in Vancouver and eventually playing a bit in Abbotsford last year was that he really struggled in the circles. And could he come in and, and push out one of those other two guys that we assumed would be on the middle mm-hmm. in the bottom six, either to the wing, which that might be nice as well because we've got all sorts of competition that we're looking at on the wing anyway with this team. So, And on Pia Suter, yeah. just quickly before you finish, I don't think he's an everyday center. I think he can play center, yeah. but I think he's very much somebody who can easily play wing for you. Yeah, well, and that's the nice thing about... This team hasn't had too many centers in recent years at all. In fact, it's been like like last year. They tried Studnika in the mm-hmm. middle. He's played center, but it didn't really work. You know, Oman was there at stretches, but it, it didn't work consistently. You know, there, there were times where they had to move Miller to the middle or he's playing the wing, and, and they never really had like four. Those are your four centers. Those are the guys. You know that those are going to be the four guys that go over the board boards. And then on top of that, 
having guys on the wing that can move into the middle if you have injuries. And that's something that Talkit talked about late last year, if I'm not mistaken, in relation to the Vegas Golden Knights and looking at a guy like Nicholas Waugh, mm-hmm. who I think is probably one of the most underrated players in the NHL. And the role that he played for Vegas last year in winning that Stanley Cup, I think, was massive as a player that is that guy. He can move to the wing, but he can come into the middle as well. He gives you that flexibility to play all around the lineup and fill whatever role you need him to. So now you've got a guy like Pew Suter. He can play the middle, but maybe he's more effective on the wing. You know, does Oman push for a roster spot in camp? If he does, then great. Suter can Mm -hmm. potentially be a winger. Uh, If Oman doesn't have a good camp, then you know that Suter is a guy you can use down the middle as well. So uh, I like to see that added depth with this group because it gives the coaching staff options so that it may not be quite as obvious as we all thought it might be how they're going to line up one through four at the center ice position. And and that's okay. That's a, that's a good thing. If you've got guys competing, if you've got guys in the lineup that can move positions, it allows you that flexibility to tweak things and, and work through things as the season goes along. The big story of the long line combos was Hoaglander and Pod Colson getting the big opportunities. And maybe you can even throw Noah Juleson in there, being next to, to Quinn Hughes here yeah. to start camp. But I wonder if... It's more, hey, here's the carrot. We're giving you the opportunity to start camp, but ultimately there's still long shots to end up in those spots. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, maybe with the exception of Hoaglander, just because uh, Mikheyev, I guess we'll see what his status is. Obviously, the club announced today that he's dealing with a personal matter, so he's not here at training camp when they did expect him to be on the ice with the, the C group, the Abbotsford group, if you want to call it that today so you know if Mikheyev is delayed in his recovery or he's delayed in coming back into the lineup because of an off-ice issue then that is an open spot in the top six Um, but what I think is happening here is you're right it's it's a bit of a carrot for these young players but on day one of training camp if you're put in that spot the way I would look at it if I'm those guys is that's my spot to lose yeah so I can't lose it not necessarily that the coaching staff is saying, okay, because I put Hoaglander with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, that's where I'm going to play. But if I'm Niels Hoaglander, I'm looking at that and saying, I'm not letting the coach move me off this line. I'm going to play so well that he has to keep me here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fill the role that he wants me to, to the best degree possible, so that even if Mikheyev does come back, and even if that's the fit they wanted, I'm doing so well in that spot that they can't move me off of it. And... To create that kind of fire under Hoaglander, under Pod Colson, under Juleson, under Cole McWard as well, who I think was given a, a pretty good opportunity on a defensive pairing uh, today, skating alongside Carson Susie, Susie yeah. which we weren't expecting. I like to see that from from this coaching staff, that you're giving young players that opportunity, but you're lighting a fire under them as well to say, look, if you play well enough, this opportunity is here for you, but you have to earn it. And now the rest of training camp is going to be about earning that and that'll carry forward into the preseason as well and you know it's not just lip service in terms of sometimes you you oftentimes hear the gm and the coaches you know name check guys in the system but you're kind of like oh yeah sure but today was like yeah they've name checked patolzin put goals in hoaglander they've name checked cole mcward they've name checked noah Juleson a number of times in the past few months and today day one you mentioned it he gets a chance with Quinn Hughes. So it's not just like this is stuff that the coaching staff has been saying over the course of the summer, but then we get to camp and it's like, okay, they're not even trying that. Like it's it's The things they've been telling us about their intrigue in certain duos and pairs and lines, I think has been true, and I think today showed that. Now, to your point, 
can they stick there? Yeah. That's the big question. But I, I do believe it, it, it says quite a bit that they have a, something in mind that they want to try and they're hoping can work out. Another great example of that is Arshdeep Baines, right? Like, yeah. Over the summer, out of this organization, I have heard nothing but glowing reviews about Arshdeep Baines, about the way that he came to the pro hockey game last year, understood that he had to adapt his game, did it effectively and really grew as a player to the point that, and I know this has been talked about a lot, but I think it, it bears repeating, they chose Arshdeep Baines to speak to the prospects at the summer prospects camp in mm-hmm. July coming out of the draft. This is a guy that only has one year of pro hockey experience, and you're putting him up there as your shining example of what you need to do to adapt your game. That, to me, speaks to how high they are on him within the organization. And today he's skating with two projected NHL roster players in Pew Suter and Connor Garland. So, and Rick Tockett spoke very glowingly about him in, in his media availability as well, said, you know, I didn't know a lot about him, but the Abbotsford coaching staff rave about him, and I can see why just based on how he works, even in one practice. So, you know, uh, whether Arshdeet Baines is a legitimate contender to be on the NHL roster to start the season or not, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And that's the nice thing about this is there is a lot of competition now, but you can tell by how well-regarded well he is within the organization that even if he's not playing in the NHL on day one, he's probably pretty high on the list for a call-up now. And that's pretty cool to see for a local product that's really worked his way into this position. You nailed it. He's worked his way into this position as an undrafted free agent, a guy who had to work his butt off to get this opportunity. And not only has he made the most of the opportunity, he's also getting chances to grow on that opportunity. And I think those are the perfect type of examples to put uphold to your younger players to be like, this is a guy who had nothing given to him. And not only is this guy given a chance here now, he's excelling, and we view him as a part of a solution potentially. I think that's a pretty powerful message to send to your rest of your prospects, whether you're a seventh-round pick, first-round pick, undrafted free agent, college invite. There's a chance here. It comes down to what you're willing to do and what you're willing to accomplish. And I think it's really important to have guys like that in your organization. And you know, don't misinterpret what I'm saying here because I'm not trying to compare where the Canucks are at right now in their development and you know projecting them as a team to yesteryear but when the vancouver canucks were one of the best teams in the nhl who did they have on their roster they had a guy in alex burroughs who had to work for everything he got they had a guy in yannick hansen who had to work for every opportunity he got Mm -hmm. and having those guys in your dressing room i think makes a huge world of difference in terms of the respect they garner from other players because guys understand how hard it is to get to that point and how nothing is gifted to you so when you see a guy that you know especially you know a guy like baines or a guy like burroughs who really had to scratch and claw for everything they they had that's important and then it's important for your on ice culture too because If those guys had to battle for everything they ever got, then they're going to battle every day in practice. They're going to raise the level within your group. Like on the ice and off the ice, those guys are are culture carriers. They're so important to have in your organization. And if Arshdeep Baines can turn into one of those guys for this team, I think it's only going to be a great thing for the organization, a great thing for his teammates, a great thing for their prospects of having success in years to come. And, you know, whether it's Arshdeep Baines, whether it's one of the other guys we've sort of name-checked as getting opportunities, you know, Colton mm-hmm. Ward, Akito Hirose on the back end, whoever it ends up being, guys that have had to work for everything that, that they've been given, I think are, are so crucial to the culture of a team. And, I, you know, Arshdeep Baines, I can absolutely see being one of those guys if he continues mm-hmm. on the very steep upward trajectory that we've seen from him. 
Uh, so many of the guys that we talked to today, Thatcher Demko, which you'll hear a little bit later on this hour, spoke about how different the feel is this year than it was a year ago. What, if any, differences do you notice today compared to what we saw 12 months ago in camp? Yeah, I think the vibes are, are noticeably stronger this year. And not to say that they were noticeably negative last year. They were just noticeably missing. I, I can remember just having a funny feeling at training camp. Like, like this, this doesn't feel like the normal start of a year where everybody's excited and raring to go and talking about, you know, how great shape they've come in and how aligned they are. You can tell that the, the organizational alignment that's happened in the past few months with the coaching change and, you know, some of the, the decisions with the staff that they've made has trickled down to the players mm-hmm. now where there's a head coach that has a strong mandate that has given the players a strong message about what he expects. Guys clearly bought into it in the summer because, you know, I, I thought the level of training camp today was was high. You could also tell that guys bought in based on the fact that they've all been back in town for two weeks, basically. Um, and, and talking about, like, a lot of them, when we were speaking to them in the media today, were saying, this is just the next step. You know, it, it's day one of training camp, and we're excited, but we've been skating together for 10 days, two weeks, so it just feels like we're taking things to another level now that we've got all the coaching staff back on the ice, and it's a formal setting. But they've been here and started building the things that they want to to be able to carry into the season for a couple weeks already, that feeling wasn't there last year. It was more like a, a day one, first day of school, here's everybody, and you're shaking hands and saying hi to people you haven't seen and and getting after it. Yeah, This feels like a group that's already been together for a few weeks, and especially with the emphasis on the start of the season, with the tough schedule out of the gate, with the road trip and having to play Edmonton twice and Florida and Tampa Bay for your first five games – you know, that's going to be very important for them. And so you can sense a greater feeling of togetherness, a greater feeling of a shared mission, I think. And, you know, you hope that they can carry that through and and continue to build on that because that's something that I didn't necessarily think was there this time last year. Uh, Batch, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, I know you already got your preseason reps in during – the young stars, but we'll hear you for the uh, scrimmage on Saturday. Sounds good. Thanks, boys. There is Brendan Batchelor, play-by-play man here on Sportsnet 650 for your Vancouver Canucks. Stan Richo and Satyar Shah, in the upcoming segment, you will hear from Thatcher Demko, JT Miller, and Carson Soucy. Some candid thoughts with all of them on some of the differences from today compared to last year, their off-seasons, and especially with Demko, the work he put in in a lot of areas to set himself up for more success this year compared to the tough start he had last year and then going through the injury. You won't want to miss that. It is Canuck Central on Sportsnet 650. Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canuck Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back in the mobile Kintech studio, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. So continuing through some of our interviews Got to speak tableside here with Thatcher Demko, Sat, and kind of a big season for Thatcher coming up here. 
Big season, big season for Thatcher, big season for the Canucks because they need him to have success. Well, yeah, and you know, not only uh, are you hoping for Thatcher Demko to play at a high level, but to be able to get through an entire season to be healthy and play at that high level. He's every year the past few years he's had some sort of injury creep up, and we know that he did a lot of work this off season to not only work on his game but also make some pretty significant changes in, in how he plays and biomechanically to not only be better but also to be able to maybe be healthier and more efficient as the year goes on. Here is Thatcher Demko on Canuck Central. How's it going, Thatcher? Good. How are you doing? We're doing well. How's, uh, how was the summer for you? Oh, uh, good. It was busy. Um, we've been actually, my wife and I have been back in Vancouver for quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, spent the, the good quality months in, in Van, which was nice. Usually we're back up here when, when the rain's starting, so it was good to uh, get to enjoy the, the good weather in Vancouver. I saw you in the uh, the golf tournament a couple of weeks ago for for Melanoma with you and uh, Tyler and JT and Bess. I mean, did you guys rip it up on the course? Yeah, we did. I mean, I did it. I <laughs> it was a, a scramble, so um, I should have brought a book. You know, I'm not and Brock are much better golfers than me, so we were using a lot of their shots. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was for a good cause, and um, I'm glad that it worked out that we were able to get out there. Uh, what, is, what what was the summer like for you? I know you've worked hard uh, with the goalie stuff that you always kind of do, but in terms of preparation, you mentioned you try to do some things differently. Like, How do you feel physically and mentally coming into this camp? Do you feel like there's some differences? Yeah, I mean, I um, I took the time that I was given last year with the injury to address a lot of my problems that I was dealing with, and um, I just kind of buffed out my team, my personal team. Obviously, I rely on the organization and, and the people that are provided uh, to me through them, but um, I think it's important for guys to to get work done away from the rink as um, as much as they can with the the physical side of things, the, the mental side of things, the, you know, nutrition, um, just all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I learned a ton from that experience last year, and um, added a lot of uh, really quality people to um, you know help me out this summer. As you as you get deeper into your career, how much do you learn about your body and and, and everything about how to prepare yourself? Yeah, I mean. It's it's always hindsight's twenty twenty, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I've learned so much, especially in the last year through um, the tribulations last year. And you know, you always wish you had some information earlier, but um, you know, it doesn't work that way. So I'm I'm fortunate to um, have the knowledge that I do have now. Um, you know, try to take those junky situations and um, take the most from them, uh, most most that you can. So I feel I feel like I was able to do that, and uh, I feel like I'm in a really good place right now. Is there anything you can share that's like? different that has made a sizable change for how you approach things um i mean i think just getting little pieces from um biomechanics side of things um i hired a guy out of uh penticton that he's worked with some other goalies and um you know i've been in touch with him a lot this summer i mean he was helping me through my groin rehab last year and obviously coming back and playing and feeling really good and and i felt like i performed really well at the end of the year and um, just had a, a great summer with him, you know, bouncing ideas off of him and, and he's committed to, he kind of, uh, matches my commitment level, which can be challenging sometimes I feel like, but, um, yeah, he, he was great for me and, and super knowledgeable guy that, uh, was able to pass some stuff down. When you make those uh, biomechanical changes, I'm sure you you feel the efficiency, but what, how much repetition does it take to make that into more muscle memory so it becomes a lot more natural when you're out there? Yeah, it's, it can be frustrating for sure. Um, I mean, you're groomed from a kid to move a certain way and, and work within certain patterns in, in your body. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's born a different way. So obviously, you know, he, he works with guys, but 
everyone has a different style, but it, it's kind of the, the um, foundational principles that he preaches. And, um, you know, there's some things where I tell him, you know, hey, I don't like that or I, I don't want to use that. And, you know, he's he's good with that stuff. And um, you kind of take take what you can and, and make it your own. We know the last couple of years have been a bit of a roller coaster. We don't need to necessarily dwell on that as a team, but it's how does it feel for you? differently this year for the group in general going into this season with the coach and you know the GM has even said it himself it feels like everybody's pulling the same rope a little bit yeah I mean it feels way different um, I mean I'm, I'm not just saying that to blow smoke um there's a, a like a focused tranquility I would call it right now um you know it, it seems like a maybe a, a silly thing but getting the guys here early has has uh, been great it um I feel like in years past you have guys kind of coming in and scrambling get ready for camp and Sometimes the first skate at camp is the first time you're on the ice with some guys. And uh, we've been together now for about two and a half weeks, which is a good amount of time. And, um, you know, it kind of just feels like these skates at camp are just another skate that we've been doing. So I think, um, like you said, everyone's pulling on the same rope. We're in shape. Um, We have a a great camaraderie going on. And now it's just about nailing down the systems and um, getting through what the coaching staff wants us to do during camp. I know you mentioned to IMAC a few days ago that you guys aren't a young group anymore because you guys have been here together for a while. But at the same time, you're all kind of emerging in different ways in terms of leadership group as well. Quinn's the captain, and Talkett and Albin mentioned your leadership with JT and PD as well. What is it like to transition into a bigger role in that sense and kind of what that creates for the group? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I take a ton of pride in it. It's uh, It's been really exciting. Um, you know, I've always tried to be a leader, but I think when it's stated publicly, it, it kind of adds a little bit more uh, meat to it, if you will. Um, and it's it's something that I'm I'm going to work at every day, and, and I'm really excited to kind of take on the new challenge of it. Um, obviously, everyone's very excited for Quinn. I think he he's stepped up uh, tremendously as a as a person and as a player, and um, I think he's ready to step into that role for sure. And I mean, he he admitted to himself, you know, he's going to need some help, and that's where you know PD Millsy and myself and Brock and Mizey and all these guys can kind of help out. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. It's and you know, I think Quinn said it too. It's not just you know us us guys it's, right. it's going to be other guys too and um you know you, you try to get that collective leadership as a group that uh you know kind of paves the way for the season at the end of the year the defensive results improved when when Rick came in as a team how, how do you see it as a goalie like did you see a more structured environment were you able to to read the play a little bit better as you know the new structure came in yeah sure um i mean yeah <laughs> Admittedly, sometimes I'm just focused on stopping the puck. I'm yeah. not uh, too too worried about uh, the systems and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see it just in practice and stuff. Guys were getting it more dialed in, and um, you know, there was a, a little bit more solidarity as far as uh, communication went on the ice. You know, communication's huge in the D zone and, and things like that. So um, I think we laid a, a bit of a foundation. I still think that this camp is going to be huge for us to dial the rest of that in and, and make it, you know, kind of a second nature for us. Uh, before I let you go, biggest question I have, what did you do for fun in the off season? Cause you know, you're focused on doing a lot of work yeah. and ready for the season. Um, I mean, I, I took some time at, at the end of the year last year. Um, you know, my buddies from back in San Diego, we always do a golf trip every year. So, um, the four of us got out to Hilton head this year. Um, and you know, kind of hung out, played some golf and, you know, got away from home, got out east, and uh, experienced a new part of the country. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was nice being in Vancouver. Like I said, like the, the weather was amazing. You know, we don't really get to to see that side of Vancouver too much. So um, yeah, it was great to experience that. Thatcher, we uh, really appreciate your time. All the best this season. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
There is Thatcher Demko, goaltender of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, happy coming into this season. The vibes a lot different coming into the season <laughs> yeah. overall. Like that's there's another takeaway from day one. Sat. I mean, just the feeling of the team is much different. You know, so last year we spoke about how the sense around training camp and talking to people was like the vibes were off. Like it was something off. There was something amiss. You could tell. Like, uh, man, like it's clear they're not on the same page with the coach. Like their expectations aren't being met, and something's not right. It's completely different. And, and hey, maybe the vibe checks don't mean anything, but we spent a lot of time last year ahead of the season talking about, hey, something's off here, guys. And people said you guys are overreacting. You're overreacting to things. It's like, well, no, the organization seems pretty stressed about things and how things are going. It's night and day this year. Does that mean a different result to start the season? We certainly hope so. But, yes, I mean, it's a completely different feeling from us covering the team and seemingly when you talk to the players as well. You know, the – Pulling on the same rope, it's something you'll hear in a couple of these interviews. It's something Patrick Alvin has mentioned. That alignment, that, um, you know, sort of synergy, I guess you could say, from top to bottom, it's been something that they're really banking on, you know. So if it does go awry, that means, you know, they were feeding us a load of bunk, right? So this is... One of the things that they've bet on, aside from just bringing in new players, it's the synergy that management has with the coaching staff and how they feel the team should play on the ice with that new coaching staff. And that's one of the big themes coming into camp and as we get into preseason. JT Miller is next up from our round of interviews here at day one of camp. And, you know, JT has often been candid. You know, he continues to take a big leadership role with this team. The biggest question I have for JT is, does he get off to a good start? Because last year, that was the storyline. He signs the big contract, and then he, along with the rest of the team, got off to the slow start. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was Pedersen that was hot last year. It was Bo that was hot last year. The year before, it was Pedersen struggling. And they need to have their top guys set the standard right out of the bat, right out of the gate. One of the big topics with JT was about Vasily Podkolzin, who was on his line today. So here is JT Miller, your number nine with the Vancouver Canucks. How's it going, JT? Good. I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, that's an hour and a half on the ice is a long time for us, for sure, especially at that pace. So good practice. Glad to be done, though. Yeah. First day of camp, but it feels like you guys have been around for a couple weeks now already. Yeah, that's right. That was the whole goal. Coming, uh, flying as a group, feeling like we've been together all year and some new faces that have... Uh, meshed really well and feels like we're kind of already into the season already which is kind of nice uh, we had a chance to chat with thatcher after the first group and he mentioned that the vibe around the team is considerably different like the seriousness the way you guys are like do you all is it palpable how different everything kind of feels at camp to start off yeah i think we're just ready for a change in results and you got to do something to get that you know it's uh i think the guys work ethic this summer you could see the immediate buy-in to want to come back as a team i know how hard it is when you're young you would like a long summer and go party with your buddies but you know to i've been there like you got to come back and if you want to it's not like we were doing what we're doing and going two rounds in the playoffs you know we had to make changes and sacrifices and everybody's done that and like you said it's it's uh it's been a competitive feel which is what you want in a training camp there was you know you had the couple months there with talking at the end of the year but you know there's a cutoff and then there's a long off season how do you carry some of the gains from the end of last season into this season is that possible even it's just confidence you know yeah. he came in and with all due respect to our previous staff and coaches it's we had a fresh start he put us to it you know it's very black and white with what he wants to get done and you know the, we played started playing better all facets of the game got better we have a lot to learn 
And this camp has been, as he's already said, very educational in the sense of learning systems right out the gate, battling, getting their battle level up. And the little things that win games is, you know, giving up more B and C chances versus those big, big ones that Demer has to make. How much different are the systems? Because Like there's tweaks and stuff here and there, but how much different can they vary coach to coach? They're not that much different. There's yeah. just so many subtle things. It's reads, you know. If you watch an NHL game in the offensive zone, minus a couple of those top lines that could send it through the seam, it's really just a couple different reads in us just being instinctive and having good habits and to where we're not thinking. Because if you're out there thinking, you're already beat. So that's what we're trying to do is just get it down. And that's why I think we're starting on day, day one. Right. And we, we also spoke to um, Ian Cole. And one of the things he kind of mentioned about was trying to get to a point where you guys are playing the same way day in and day out and be, be able to build that confidence. And he mentioned you get there by being sick of losing, sick of having things not go right. Is there that real feel here that it's going to be different this time because you guys are just done with going through the stuff that's happened in the past? Yeah, I know. I feel like we've been saying that for a while. Like, yeah. you can just, you can talk the talk, but, you know, it's to say, you know, you got to do, you got to walk the walk, right? Like, you can't just say, I'm sick of losing, but you got to do something. And, mm-hmm. and so far, you know, it seems like the buy-in and commitment from the guys to all get here and start working out and training and golfing together and having dinner together. It's just, you want it to feel like a family and you don't want to dread coming in. You want to be excited to come in. It just makes everything on the ice, like, competing with each other and playing each other hard that's that's fun like and i think that that's just part of being sick of losing is um you got to do something to change that and i think so far it's been great you were out there with uh pod colson and besser today you know you've been you haven't been shy about talking about pod colson's potential in the past yeah. what is it for a young player that helps them get over that hump and really confident at playing at the highest level you know for him i think it's confidence and it's so you know especially early on in his career it's foreign to him to come over and he didn't know much English and understanding the game and he's being told so much so many things that are just so different and you know it's I couldn't imagine going over there and having everybody else speaking another language but he's come so far he's we've already talked at nauseam about how good of a kid he is and how hard he works so I think once he you know once he can connect and learn just the insides of how to play in the NHL he has all the tools and I think that's what everybody sees in him to be a really good player and he's fun for me to play with he's very straight lines and it's fun he he seems like he has so much in his repertoire that he can do. Does he almost sometimes try to play too safe and like maybe not fully do all the things he's capable of doing? Maybe that comes back to the confidence of having. I think that's confidence. I've been there. Like mm-hmm. uh, when I was in like you know his age, I was up and down in the minors and couldn't really find my groove. And something it'll click. Like no question, it's going to click. It has from stretches for him. But, like you know, I re- related to him. Oftentimes, we've had a lot of great talks. I just told those guys over there. So. Um, you know, I have tons of confidence in him. I love playing with him. We have a good relationship and we communicate a lot and I'm trying to help him as much as I can. A focused message, you know, the management has talked about everybody feeling like they're pulling the same rope this year. Can that help everybody across the lineup that there's a more focused message on what to do and when to do it? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt the last year and a half, you know, before Rick got here last year, it was just like turmoil and distraction and it's hard to come to work. You kind of dread coming to work every day. So you know, it's not just starting now. Even last year at the last 25, 30 games, it was fun again. Like, not just winning, but, like, it was fun coming in. Everybody feel like we're doing the same thing together. And now that we know what to expect, it's we don't feel like we're playing catch-up anymore and not sure what we're doing. There's a lot of black and white. We know what the difference of good and bad is, and it's exciting coming here. It's not to make excuses because you guys all take, like, individual responsibility for everything. But when you come to work and there's always this thing going wrong, that thing going wrong, oh, this is the rumor about this... How hard is it to be focused when it seems like everything is being portrayed a certain way, but also things seem dysfunctional to some degree? Yeah, I think that's probably to the person a little harder or, or, or easier. You know, for me, I try to stay away from it as much as possible. I understand that where we're at in, in the world and yeah. it's going to happen, but um, you got to embrace it. Like you're in a passionate hockey market. I mean, I don't, you wouldn't want it any other way, I don't think. I mean, for me, you know, I want them to be 
angry and happy and excited. And I understand. I mean, we haven't uh, been on a playoff run in a long time here. So being playing in front of these fans means a lot to me. And, you know, I, every year I've been here, I've learned a lot. So, you know, I think we're just excited. We're just, we're really excited to get back on the ice today and feel that, that battle again. And we can't wait to get the game one, obviously. Uh, how's the fantasy football battles going? I'm one and one. I'm one and one. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing Susie this week. He's two and zero, oh, but he's averaging like ninety points. So I, I'm lucky. Brains. I'm not worried about him. Yeah, you'll be fine. I gotta know uh, how much did you actually lose to Hadwin by? Uh, well, we played match play, so we were only finishing. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. he gave me three, and I I missed every single putt I looked at. But I lost on the last hole. Uh, he, he's silky smooth though. It's, yeah, it's a different sound when they hit the ball. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, JT, really appreciate your time. All the best this season. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There is JT Miller here on Canuck Central. Um, you know, the, the the leadership group of this team is something that's going to be interesting to follow as the year goes on, right? The the void of Bo Horvat is no longer there. They've moved on to Quinn Hughes, yeah. and Patrick Alvin made it very obvious. Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, and Thatcher Demko are very much a part of that leadership group now. And, you know, the guys showing up two and a half weeks – essentially the whole team showing up two weeks before camp even begins. I think the the will is there to have this work out well. Let's see how it plays out into the season. And that's going to be the big thing, right? And and how much of that are you, are you actually able to accomplish? But going back to what you mentioned before, it is palpable how different everybody feels. Yeah. You know, whether we're talking to JT, Demko, guys have been in in the past, like they're very clear in saying like, hey, we're not just mentioning this. Like we really do believe it's different this time around. And, Again, just make sure you come through with it. I do. I have some more optimism that it can work, especially with having the level of seriousness with the group, but having also the coaches that are not only aligned, but are very consistent with the type of messaging they have about what needs to be done. Our next interview is with Carson Soucy. Uh, three-year deal signed uh, on July 1st with the Vancouver Canucks. Gets close to $10 million on that three-year deal. It's a big spot for him. Expectations uh, that, you know, you know, he's been a player that's overcome expectations through his career, right? He's punched above his weight, wasn't considered a player that was going to be uh, a big-time NHLer, and he found a nice role for himself in Minnesota, grew that in Seattle, and now here he is getting a bigger spot in Vancouver, Sat. Yeah, no, 100%. And let's just hope he just makes the most of it. It's a big spot for Carson Soucy. Getting to know Vancouver pretty well, and that's where we start our interview with one of the newest Canucks defensemen. Thanks for this, Carson. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Doing really good. How's, uh, how's the last couple of weeks been? Uh, you welcomed a couple new uh, members to the family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about eight days ago now. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's been a ride for sure with two of them at home, um, but it's been awesome. And you guys got here pretty early, a few months ago, to get settled. How, how much did that help to get you know the family settled in and you know have the time to get ready for camp and everything? Yeah, it was big just to kind of focus on one thing at a time. Like I said, we got here in July, um, focus on getting settled, focus on meeting the doctors and kind of just having everything comfortable there instead of, you know, a training camp, trying to focus on hockey, trying to get settled. Um, it was nice to have that part out of the way. And then kind of once training camp comes, turn your focus on that. So the the real huge big question that I have for you is Brock Besser still cheesed about the NCAA championship from a few years ago or... I think Brock's done well enough in his career that I hope he doesn't try to <laughs> drag on it too much. Um, it's it's fun to have those college rivalries and then become friends with people after. I think that's always a good time. And then you can obviously kind of, if they have a matchup, uh, Duluth, North Dakota, which they will, I'm sure me and Brock will have some have some skin on it. 
Have you started the chirp? Have you chirped them at all about it yet or just kind of leaving that alone for now? No, unfortunately, I think the year I wasn't, I was still injured the year we beat them. Um, obviously, super proud of my guys, but it's hard to say, you know, we beat you when I was kind of on the shelf for, for a couple of weeks there. So how are you feeling coming into camp and where your game's at and how you're acclimating to the new group? Yeah, it's good. Um, healthy is always a nice, a nice touch. Um, and then obviously with these guys, the last couple of weeks has been good to kind of get that pace up a little bit. And then the pace really wrapped up today. I think that's good for our group. Well, and you know, you've been at a few training camps with different teams now. You came over here after signing a free agent contract. The team clearly believes in you and believes you can play a role. What's that like to come into a new group, but at the same time coming in with, I wouldn't say expectations, but knowing that you're valued and they're looking for you to be a difference maker? It's it's always encouraging to have the confidence of the coaches. Um, that only kind of lasts for me until training camp, until these games start, and the rest is on me to kind of earn that spot. Um, so I kind of just take it as other training camps and, you know, hopefully just kind of get better as the camp goes. And by the season comes, I'm I'm playing good hockey and then I can earn, you know, some of the confidence that they've shown in me. Where's uh, Where do you see your fit on this team right now? Um, Yeah, it's hard to say. Like I said, I think we got a good group of D-men yeah. kind of pushing, pushing for positions. But I think we're going to just have good depth with all six of us or, you know, whichever six or seven. Um, is playing. And I, I think ideally for me, the one thing I want to look forward to is uh, helping the penalty kill. Yeah. I think the five-on-five stuff um, can come as a full six group. I think where I can really be a benefit, hopefully penalty kill, um, hopefully some D-zone. Well, and in terms of even offensively, one of the things that you have is a real hard shot. And coming to this team as well, do you feel like there's also an opportunity, especially with how they want the D-men to be in part of it, that you can also take show another layer of your offensive game here potentially yeah i think i think there's definitely room for for a jump um obviously just a little slower last year kind of i felt good off the start and then once it wasn't going in it just felt like nothing was going in nothing was happening whereas the year before kind of was the complete opposite i think this year hopefully just a mix of an opportunity and uh a consistent you know where it's kind of coming kind of going all year um i think there's definitely room for a little jump I, I heard Connor Garland talk about playing against you the other day and how much he absolutely hated it. So is that part of the game plan? Just make other other forwards hate their life when they're uh, around the net with you? I think that can be a big <laughs> part of it. Um, I think there's a physical side to my game, but I don't think I'd be you know the most physical side. I think I can use my reach better than better than being physical sometimes with an act like a good stick. I think I can dislodge the puck before the physicality needs to be there sometimes, but the physicality part after that, I think I started to do a better job at these last couple of years. Um, you know, just kind of ended plays, whether it's not with my stick, I can kind of be physical there too. When did that kind of development happen for you in terms of, cause you've always been a physical player, but knowing the stick could do even more work than what your body can at the same time, you have to have the physicality, be able to seal guys and all that. But when did that really click for you that you can do more with less in some ways? I think it just comes from, playing with good players and watching good players kind of with Minnesota mm. watching like Spurgeon and Brodeen, not like the biggest, most physical guys or longest stick, but Spurge is so smart with his stick and he kills so many plays for being a smaller defenseman. He's obviously really good offensively, but they can, I mean, and Brodeen just defensively can shut down so many plays with, with just a good stick. What, well, and you know, you mentioned Garland, what is it like to maybe get to know some of the guys you played against and kind of seeing their games up close from a teammate's perspective instead of seeing it as somebody who's an opponent? Yeah, I think, honestly, they look even better than kind of when you play. Sometimes 5-on-5, five five, obviously, you're not going to get the best looks, but in these training camps, they get more of a chance with the puck to start with. 
Um, you know, especially JT, he's just he's just a brick out there, hard to knock off the puck. Garland's so shifty. And I knew that I've gone against Garland enough now, though, <laughs> that he is cutbacks and all that stuff. But I think you even gain a little more respect you see once they start with the puck. And if they have that time, they're really dangerous. Is there somebody that stands out when you get on the ice uh, these last couple of weeks with the new team? I felt like today I was pretty much going against JT almost every low battle, and he just sits with it, and you can't knock him off the puck. Um, but he's also just kind of holding it while still looking around. He's pretty tough to defend. Carson, uh, we really appreciate your time, your insights. All the best this season. Yeah, thanks, guys. There is... Carson Soucy joining us here on uh, on Canuck Central. Uh, we had extra interviews that uh, we weren't able to get to today, but we'll have plenty of time to do that through the course of the weekend. So what I'll just say is make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. That way you don't miss any of the content that we are able to produce. Arshdeep Bain, Sergey Gonchar are some of the stuff that we will continue to provide for you over the next day. The Gonchar discussion tomorrow, you do not want to miss it. You talk about a legendary hockey player, but a really interesting perspective on not only how the team is trying to play and what they're trying to do, but also the changes that have happened in the game since he's played and where he's at today. He started to blush when I thanked him for helping me win a bunch of fantasy <laughs> hockey championships as a younger... As a younger man. Uh, but that's for tomorrow, as is day two of Canucks training camp. We'll be back tomorrow with Canucks Central. Four producers, Josh, Elliot Wolf, and Fast Eddie Gregory, my co-host Sat. I'm Dan Richo. You've been listening to Canucks Central.